Welcome to Hockey Night in New York, where Islanders hockey always reigns supreme. Whether you were raised at the barn in Uniondale or born in the stable at Belmont, Hockey Night in New York is your home for all things Isles. Now, let's drop the puck and get this party started. Ladies and gentlemen, it is Hockey Night in New York. Welcome to the program, everyone. It is Sunday, February 25th, 2024. Coming to you live from Florida Media in Rockville Center. Got another spectacular show coming up for you tonight. Kobe Cohen of ESPN and co-host of Morning Cup of Hockey will be joining us to talk some Islanders, NHL, all that good stuff. Great show coming up. My name is Sean Cuthbert. With me, as always, is Mr. Stefan Rosner. Stefan, how do you do? I am jealous of your haircut right now because I thought for the oh, last yeah, couple of right? days that I need a haircut, need a haircut, <laughs> and I looked at the time to get up, and I had stuff to do. I said, I can't get it today. Now that you have one, I'm getting one tomorrow morning as soon as they open. I'm happy to uh, lead the charge in yeah. that regard, Stefan. Changing so. lives. Yeah. Well, I, I just want to go like one this. One day on, at a time. Like, Fresh cut. Yeah, Fresh you cut. know. All right, folks, so thanks for tuning in to twitch.tv slash Hockey Night NY. Before we dive in, I want to tell you all about our wonderful sponsors, starting with Blue Line, Deli, and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington and 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. Check out the menu and order ahead at bluelinedeli.com. Also happy to be sponsored by Main Street Board Game Cafe. Find your crowd and unplug your game at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Also proud to be sponsored by Razor and Kniff Attorneys at Law, ready to fight for you. Check them out at razorandkniff.com, R-A. I-S-E-R-A-N-D-K-E-N-N-I-F-F dot com for a free consultation and also happen to be sponsored by A1 VIP Entertainment. Your one-stop entertainment concierge for sports, concerts, Broadway, and more. One call does it all at 516-787-0048. And for those of you hanging out with us live in the chat, Hit us up for questions brewing later in the show. Say questions brewing in your chat and then follow up with your question and we will try to get to it later. So with all the pleasantries out of the way, Stefan Rosner... A one and two week for the New York Islanders, uh, not 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 very good. So let's start there. What did you think of the week, and then we'll dive into the games. Yeah, um, a team that needs to be a little more urgent with what the mm, standings are looking urgent. like. A couple of games yeah. where you think again, urgency to me and effort are two different things. Mm. Bearing down, that's the one thing that we'll get to in a lot about. What a lot Wa- of buzzwords here. What Waz said, yeah, keywords for SEO, Google. No, um, but <laughs> Waz said like the last thing that's missing from the power play is just the bearing down, getting to the front, bearing yeah. down. I mean. You play teams that are, one, talk about Pittsburgh. You blow two leads in that game. Uh, you allow a market. Mm-hmm. You allow Pedersen to be wide open on that first goal where, unfortunately, Scott Mayfield was wandering, I don't know, somewhere. somewhere. It's like when your remote control dies. <laughs> and like the uh, game. Ah, yeah. yes. And it was just nowhere yes. to be seen. And yeah. you blow two leads in that game. You go to overtime. You get the win. And you think, okay, after losing to the Rangers and everything that went wrong outside, monumental to get the win there. But again, it wasn't a great win. Yeah, I mean, skin <laughs> of their teeth, man. Yeah. You know, it just looks like Lane Lambert hockey again. As far as the blowing leads go, I mean, they're doing it differently. Like, we're <laughs> seeing the stats change. We, we've touched on this, how they're, they're putting more shots on that. They have more possession. But they're still finding ways to blow leads. And I kind of went on a mini rant on Twitter not too long. After the Ranger game, I think it was. You know, just saying how it's it's the same story, just kind of like with a different with different makeup over. You know what I mean? Like it's still happening. And what that says to me is is that this is more of a mental thing for this team. You know, where you you could have thought maybe it's a systems thing. Maybe it was Lane had them kind of retreating a little bit and just trying to fend for their lives. But you know, we know that Patrick Wise is encouraging. You know, going for the kill and and trying to extend the lead and 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 kind of just clamp down. And and it's still not working, which tells me these guys are getting out there and they just have no confidence 
you know, protecting leads. And you get this late into a season and the same thing keeps happening. I mean, it kind of makes sense. Yeah. And you talk about, you know, blowing leads, thing like that. They didn't have a lead the next game they played, losing 4 nothing to St. Louis. They figured out a different way to lose yeah. in that game. <laughs> three, we laugh about it, but it's it's just it it takes talent to allow three goals in thirty two seconds. You know how hard that you know that hard that is to do. Uh, well, I, I don't know if you saw my tweet after it happened. I probably saw it, but I was I was on the telephone. I was at home. No one calls the telephone <laughs> anymore, Sean. Right. So I was on my cellular device. Mobile? Yes, on my mobile. And uh, I was half watching. I had it on, but oh, I was... I saw this, yeah. Yeah, so, so I have it on, and so I'm, I'm talking on a very important conversation. And so, you know, the goal happens, and I'm like, oh, all right, St. Louis scored, whatever. And then, you know, I'm still talking, and I look up again. I'm like, oh, okay, replay the goal. Okay, fine. And then I look down again. I'm talking again. And I look up, and I'm like, oh, okay, they're, they're replaying it again. I guess it must have been a really nice, nice goal or whatever. So I finally, I get off my phone call. I look up, and I'm like, Th- three... Three nothing. Three yeah. nothing St. Louis. I was like, you kidding me? Those are all individual goals? Yeah. And, and they were. 30, 32 seconds, yeah. Quickest, Special. Quickest three goals in Blues history. And? Second fastest in NHL history by, I'm pretty sure someone had a hat trick with it. Someone, mm-hmm. one of those names that, like the 30s or whatever, I can't remember the guy's name. Okay. But um, yeah, pretty fast. And, mm-hmm. and I, it was the fastest three goals against in the Islanders history. Oh, yes, correct. Yeah. Yes. And we had talked breaking about, records. We had talked about this on Monday. Is what do the Islanders have to do to solve Bennington? And I said, you have to crash net early and make his life essentially hell and get him pissed off because he could either be pissed off and fight you or stop pucks. And did I'll give them credit? They crashed net early and had 38 shots and goal it was a pretty good road game outside of the 32 seconds, mm. but they didn't really piss Bennington off, get into his crease, things like that. Got into a rhythm, and he was outstanding. He was, and, and and good on you. You did raise that as a key last week, and it ended up being a huge one. And the one thing I noticed was when the Islanders were crashing that, and sometimes this is just a luck thing, yeah. but it seemed like they were just too up on Bennington, where the rebounds yeah. were, were. When they got the rebound, they had nowhere to put the puck, and he was right there you know, taking up the space. So they had nowhere, and they were just shoving it into his chest, into his pad, and they weren't getting any goals there, so... You know, I, should they have had the foresight to, you know, step back a foot or two? Maybe. But either way, it didn't work out. Bennington played a great game, and, and you know, that 32 seconds was just killer. And, and you had a timeout in there in between. And, and you just wonder, like, what what is it now with this? Where you, yeah. you, had, you had rapid goals this entire week. Actually, you can go back to the Ranger game. Mm-hmm. You had a game within about a minute uh, against Pittsburgh. Yep. You have the 32-second flop against St. Louis, and then you have... All right, Pittsburgh is two goals in 56 seconds. Right, yeah. and then you go to yesterday against Tampa, and you have the first goal. Then you have a goal you think the Islanders scored. That's taken back. But then a minute later, Tampa scored again to go up 2 nothing. So you have these bang-bang goals coming for the last, what, three or four games. Yeah, we didn't touch on it, but Zizekas gets hurt against Pittsburgh. And we all think that's that's it. We'll get to that a little bit later. But you go to the game last night against Tampa, and Tampa's it's in a in a spot they haven't really been in in a lot of years, where they're not fighting for a wild card spot. Right, right. And I don't think it was the Islanders were off to a bad start. It just no. seemed like they were just dominated. I mean, their defensive zone coverage was non-existent. They looked like the tempo was on a power play. Again, they try to get, they get the goal. You think okay, they figured it out. It's one one. If that game stays tied, mm-hmm. who knows? And then two goals in a minute twenty two yesterday for Tampa. Um, and then the third goal is one Sorokin. I mean, Point can never be let, a let to take that shot from the slot there. That's one Sorokin when you're paying him to be an elite caliber goalie. He's got to stop for you there, and that mm. does change the game because they come back and tie six on four, six on five advantage. They get the two goals late. They can't come back. But 
But we've seen that too many times yeah. now with this team where they wait until it's desperation time when they're down a couple of goals and they, they make a valiant effort to try to come back. Sometimes they get a goal or two and sometimes they don't, but it's never enough. You know, they haven't been that team really that's been able to come back, you know, and reverse this effect where they're letting other teams come back. And, 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 it's, and, it's, and it's hurting them. I and you just, you know, you wonder if there's almost, you know, to go broad here, like is there a kind of an exhaustion with this team? And I don't necessarily mean literally fatigue-wise, but like is this team just... Shot? Yeah, like literally. Like just because they can't get any of this stuff together where where they know the urgency. They know that they need to put points on the board. You know, they got Patrick Watt preaching it every day, every night in all of his press conferences. They know how much they got to, you know, how much ground they have to gain to get back into this race. And then you see these thinkers that they come. Like, I thought out they, I thought they came out fine against St. Louis, obviously, until the yeah. three goals came. You, you mentioned yesterday again against Tampa, and yeah, Tampa ran the, ran the floor with them a little bit more. And, and, you know, you can joke about the afternoon game curse, but, but it rears its head again. But you just wonder, why isn't this team, you know, coming out just guns a-blazing, knowing that they need to get every point that they can get? Because even if they lose, that's one thing. But at least you can say to yourself, I went out there and I busted my ass. The goals didn't come. You run into Bennington and you run into another hot goal. Or, or the puck's hitting the post or whatever it is. But you're seeing efforts here that just doesn't speak to the urgency that this team needs to have. Yeah, and we had talked with Kyle Palmieri after the game about exactly that. And I forgot exactly what the question was, but do you think the urgency is where it needs to be consistently? Things like that. And this is what he had to say. Um, we got to be smart and we got to work hard and, and we got to do it together. Uh, can't just be one line or four or five guys. Uh, we all got to pull in the rope in the same direction and um, we, we got to continue to get better at it. Uh, whether it's urgency, I mean, like I said, uh, it's, it's not always about running around like a chicken with his head cut off. It's, it's about being poised, making plays when they're there winning our battles and, and competing and um I, I think that you could always be better at so uh we'll we'll continue to try and to to strive for for a better version of ourselves in that and good on Paul Mary too is no one on the team is going to throw anybody under the bus but sure. the fact that at this point of the season you have someone who's played really again Paul Mary is one of those players that is tugging the rope in the right direction and he's mm-hmm. been one of the better forwards mm-hmm. under Wah. And essentially what he's saying is that we're not, there are people that are essentially passengers on this car that they need more drivers. Mm. And we had talked about that a lot when Bo Horvat got here, excuse me, when Wa arrived, the first practice, Horvat said, Wa is preaching that we all have to pull on the same rope. We have to work as a five-man team. And you see the urgency being an issue. You're seeing mistakes here or there. And it's just, at this point in the season, that can't be happening when you have to win games. And I went to the Tampa locker room and the Islanders after the game. Mm-hmm. Talking to Braden Point, I said, you know, how important was this for you guys knowing whether you guys are on the standings? He goes, oh, we knew how important these two points are. We are on a three-game skid. We had to break the skid. Right. They gave it to us pretty mm-hmm. good the last time we played them. Like, yeah. we knew how important this was. And they played as if they needed the two points. And I'm not saying the Islanders didn't play well. Again, overall, you allowed two goals in a minute 22. You allowed a, a soft one. But again, they how come the Islanders didn't come out with Maybe they had that mindset, but we didn't see that. That's the issue. I'm sure they are all well aware, and they all have the goal in mind, but for some reason in these games, they're coming out 
and they just look like they're not ready. Again, St. Louis, I don't, I don't feel that way. They just had a 32-second implosion. I mean, you know, we can and try again, to very good dissect road game. that later. <laughs> very but good road game. Yeah, yeah. I thought they came out fine in that game. But, like, again, against Tampa Bay, you, you know, you saw it early. And they took that first penalty, and I, and I turned to my buddy, and I was like, a minute and 30 seconds from now, it's going to be one nothing Tampa. Now, whether the timing was accurate, yeah, I was that. implying that they were going to be down a goal before that power play was over. And sure enough, they were. And, you know, that's just how this has gone for them. And, and that's another thing, too. They just can't. They can't take penalties anymore. It's, well, a, it's nearly a guarantee at this point. So I know we have a second here. Going back yeah. to the Blues game, um, they weren't getting the goals, and so Wass swapped Barzal and Wallstrom. Just mm-hmm. to get a new look. Sure. And then yesterday in the third period, end of the second, early third there, you had Brock Nelson skating with Bo Horvat and Matthew Barzal. And we'll get to the line changes after you talk to Kobe Cohen. But right. he makes those moves. And I asked after the game what the thought process was. Because mm-hmm. you had done walls from why Nelson? And he goes, we need more speed. And this is that's the second time Waz said that when he's made a move. Engvall mm-hmm. being on the top line. Remember that? It was yep. they needed speed. Mm-hmm. And... um. I think everybody appreciates, like, on the team, they appreciate what Anders Lee can do and mm-hmm. be that net front guy. But if that net front guy can't get there and be effective in front, you need speed. And, again, we'll get to the lineups in a second because we're seeing something we haven't seen for this team going into Dallas tomorrow. But we'll get to that. And just, just the game against Tampa, again, is Tampa knew the importance. The Islanders couldn't match that. And now you're in a situation where you're now, what, seven points back of a wild card spot? I think it's eight now. Oh, eight, right, eight. So, Seven back of Philly, I think, yeah. for third, and I think they're eight back. Yep, and Detroit's playing tonight. Jake the Snake, Detroit scores what right now? 2-1 two one, two one, uh, Chicago. Chicago, which that would be crazy. Uh, Kane's yeah, first game they're back. They're riding a four-game winning streak right now. 2-1. Oh, so, go. I mean, that's a huge result. Every result's huge, and you got to see them go into Dallas, and they beat Dallas in Wah's first game. It was probably their worst game of that week under Wah. <laughs> right. And they finally get Feels a win. Feels like ages ago. Yeah. Well, we got a break for Kobe. Yep. So, folks, want to thank you so much for tuning in here at twitch.tv slash HockeyNotNY. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, Colby Cohen will be joining us. We'll see you in a minute. If you're an Islander fan, there's nothing like a big win, a tasty meal, and great company. And Blue Line Deli and Bagels provides all that and more. Owned and operated by diehard Islander fans, Blue Line Deli and Bagels happily serves Bagel Boss bagels and a full menu of delicious food and beverages. Whether it's breakfast favorites like pancakes and omelets, specialty heroes and wraps like the hat trick and the hip check, or fresh made coffee and smoothies, Blue Line Deli and Bagels has you covered. So stop on in to the flagship location at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington or the new spot at 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip for their familiar friendly service and the best food around. And don't forget, you can always check out the menu and order online at BlueLineDeli.com or pick up the phone and call 631-944-3222. Blue Line Deli and Bagels. Our goal is to make you a hero. You can go to the game or you can experience the game. And anything is possible with A1 VIP Entertainment your one-stop entertainment concierge. Book an NHL game day experience and watch the action from suite level with a hockey legend or play a round of golf with your favorite heroes from any sport. Thinking of going out of town for the big game? Done. Put your stress to rest and let A1 book travel for you. Need a place to eat before kickoff? That's done too. A1 locks down reservations at the most exclusive restaurants. And it's not just sports. A1 VIP Entertainment gets you from backstage at the hottest concerts to the bright lights of Broadway and even the red carpets of Hollywood. So treat yourself, impress your clients, or give a gift that will last a lifetime. 
A1 VIP Entertainment is your ticket to an unforgettable experience. At 516-787-0048, one call does it all. Thanks for giving some time to our sponsors. Ready to talk more aisles? The train rolls on right here on Hockey Night in New York. Welcome back to the program, ladies and gentlemen. It is time for On the Line, and joining us right now is Colby Cohen, former NHLer, also co-host of Morning Cup of Hockey and, of course, of ESPN. Colby, thanks a lot for joining us. How you doing? What's going on, guys? Uh, sorry I'm a couple minutes late. Technical difficulties uh not my specialty, this kind of stuff. I, I need my hand held a lot for these types <laughs> of things. So sorry, sorry for uh, being a couple minutes late. Oh, no worries. All good. You're here. That's all that matters. <laughs> so listen, uh, obviously an Islander-centric show here. So I just wanted to start general with you and just get your perspective on this team. Obviously, they make a recent coaching change. They bring in a huge name like Patrick Waugh. They're struggling a little bit under him. Obviously, time is getting short trying to get into the playoffs. What's your view on this team and, and whether or not maybe they have a shot to, to put something together and make it? Yeah, so look, I'll be totally honest with you guys. Um, I haven't watched a ton of Islanders hockey this year because it just hasn't been great. And, and to be honest, <laughs> where I'm at, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to take shots by any means. Um, the most dialed in I probably was was after, um, after they hired – Patrick Waugh because I just thought that was such a brilliant move I, I really did um, you know it, Patrick Waugh came to Colorado shortly uh, after I was there and and so I had a lot of crossover from guys who just really loved playing for him and and like really just praised their time with him and and not because it was like a walk in the park or a country club but just because he's such a straight shooter and and he's such a legend and and I think his understanding of the game is, is so high level. So um, I, I, you know, watched a lot more Islanders like right after he, he gets hired. And I thought, wow, like this was probably the life that this team would need to, to have an opportunity to make a push. But, you know, at the end of the day, like you need a roster. You really do. You, you need the players. You need the horses. And, you know, I think the the team has gotten a little bit stale. I think they, they they've, Yes, they added Horvat last year, and, you know, I still remember when Lou came out and said something under the, you know, something like, well, whatever we paid him, we paid him too much and too many years, and, right. and you know, such a typical comment for him to make, and, and honestly, I, I think this team is probably going to be stuck until they're ready to move on from him. Wow. Uh, Kobe, thanks so much for joining us. I wanted to ask you about a former Islander defenseman that you're pretty close with, and Dennis Soderbring just just about your relationship with him and how important he was in terms of your development and just working with you. Yeah. So, you know, I met, I met Dennis, uh, 2010, 11 season. Um, you know, when, when I got brought up to the big club down the stretch and, and, you know, Dennis is not the most talkative guy. Um, there is, and, and I, I certainly usually have a lot to say about everything. So, kind of like a little yin and yang, um, unlikely friendship, I guess you could call it. Um, but, but it's funny, like I remember being a, you know, maybe my second year training camp, uh, 21, 22 year old guy. And we we played a preseason game in Montreal and I'm pretty sure we were D partners that night. If not, we, we just were, you know, they were mixing and matching and whatever. And, and I had like a pretty rough turnover in that game. You know, it didn't come back to bite me in the ass and, and like they didn't score anything. And then I had a really good opportunity to score in that game and, and. 
Um, I didn't score. So I was kind of like down on myself in the shower after the game, just kind of standing there off to the side. And, and, you know, he kind of pulled me aside, like told me to get my head up and, and basically gave me a little tough love. Don't feel sorry for yourself because nobody else will type of moment. I don't remember exactly what he said with his broken English. Um, Dennis (laughs) is famous for, for having broken English unless he knows you well and he's comfortable. Then he speaks perfect English, but (laughs) around everybody else he he, he's got that like broken german english uh accent of his so so don't let him fool you by any means and and then you know after that um just became friends and and you know we live maybe a bike ride away from one another five minutes on a bike uh down down at the beach in the summer and in in a place called margate so for the last i don't know however many years we we just spent a lot of time together in the summer and and you know, I've been fortunate to get to see his fam, his kids grow up, all of them. You know, I love watching Breaker play hockey. I think it's so cool seeing a, a little miniature kid in an Islanders jersey with Seidenberg and, and four on the back, or 44. I think he switched this year to 44, uh, Breaker did. And, and so it's it's just been, it's been a, like I said, a super unlikely relationship for people that know the both of us. Um, but, but one that's really meaningful to me and it's not just Dennis, it's his wife, Becky and his kids and my wife now, and my daughter, you know, Becky is so great to my daughter who's super, super young, but always willing to watch her and change a diaper and this and that. So, um, it's, it's a, it's a great relationship that, that it's, it's, uh, it's a lucky one. And, and I do love talking about hockey with Dennis and talking about players with Dennis because he's, he really like. He kind of reminds me of a GM. He's really, uh, he's a really hard grader and evaluator. And like, he doesn't just go along. Oh, if everybody says this guy's good, he's not just going to say, yeah, he's good. No, he, he will tell you what he thinks of a player or why he, he thinks it. Um, and like I said, he, he's a, he's a very stiff, uh, stiff evaluator of players. So Kobe, that's great stuff, by the way. Um, So you mentioned something earlier about the Islanders saying maybe the roster's gotten stale, and I kind of wanted to key in on that. So, you know, if you put yourself in that situation as a player and you're part of that roster and you're a team that, you know, you know where you you sit in the standings, you you know you have so many games left and maybe there's not any help coming from the general manager, some trades from the outside or any kind of change. I mean, how do you guys, you know, what's the mindset when you're looking and looking at each other, looking in the mirror and saying, look, we got a, we got a job to do. We got a heavy hill to climb. Uh, you know, how do you guys manage that and, and do your best to, to overcome that hill? Well, first off, you're, you're a pro and you have really no choice but to show up every day and, and do what you can. You make millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, most locker rooms have, some levels of belief and I'm sure the Islanders do have belief in their dressing room you know uh from from everything I know Anders Lee uh, guys say he's a good captain he's a good leader um you know Dennis has has told me that before um so I, I honestly like that's more just you know shit talking for for people in the media outside noise all that I really do believe as as a team you have a job to show up compete battle and try to make the playoffs. And I got to tell you, the uniqueness of this situation is, is Patrick Waugh is evaluating players to see who's going to be here and who's not going to be here. And if you think Patrick Waugh is not going to sit down and talk with Lou about those types of things, if Lou's still the general manager next year, obviously I have no idea about that. But 
there's probably not a lot of people in, in the hockey world that Lou Lamarillo is willing to give the highest levels of respect to. And I'm not saying he disrespects people by any means, but listen, Lou's been around longer than most people. And, you know, you know how those types of people are in hockey. They, they, they know better, they know more. And some of them do know better and know more, but you know, Patrick Waugh is such a unique circumstance because, you know, he's potentially the best there ever was at a position as a teammate, as a fiery guy. I mean, he just checked every single box and his, his record as a coach is phenomenal on top of it. So um, goalies spend a lot of time watching hockey from the crease. You know, they really do. They see everything. So I bet you Patrick Waugh is going to have at least a, a voice in what this roster is going to look like moving forward. So I think players are playing for not just play playoffs this year, but are they going to be around? Are they going to be a part of the future as they potentially re you know, retool this roster, make some moves potentially in the off season. Who's it going to be? Is it going to be a big trade? Do they look to move a guy like Matt Barzell out who really hasn't found the same success that he found as a rookie ever since? Um, maybe he hasn't been surrounded properly. I, I don't have the answer. I don't pretend like I do, but you know, these are all really reasonable questions. And, and at the end of the day though, you do have a job to show up and compete. And, and, you know, I think the Islanders will do that. I mean, without a doubt, this doesn't look like a team that's just going to mail it in and quit. Yeah. And Colby, we had, we just played a clip of Paul Mary talking about how it can't just be four or five guys pulling the rope. Everyone has to pull the rope in your locker rooms that you've been in. I guess how tough is it? Like do, do players have the closed door meetings all the time or are a couple of players going to go talk to one player and say, Hey, we need more from you. Or like you said, you're a pro that everyone just assumes you're giving it your all all the time. Well, I think closed door players meetings are probably 80% bullshit. Um, I really do. I think that's again, like that's for the media. It's for show. Sometimes it's, it's guys are all standing up talking and I, I don't know. Like, I think those are pretty rare that they're that impactful, to be honest. At the end of the day, like, I, I think a lot of it has to do with just leading by example and, and you know, having guys go out and, and manage the puck and finish their checks and stop on pucks and, um, you know, take hits to make plays. And I think that type of thing is way more infectious within your locker room than players' meetings. Um, I really do. I think talk can be super cheap, especially nowadays just really like you know having a guy go out and and you know whether they're dropping their gloves or or whatever the case may be or or guys are you know in practice competing harder against each other like I don't again I don't I don't know what the perfect answer is for this team but you know Steph I, I just I'm not somebody who's a huge believer in those in those players only types of meetings I think what you do on the ice practice and game is how you get other guys into it. When, when a player sees Matt Barzell make a 200 foot back check or change in the offensive zone. So he doesn't get caught out there too long or block a big shot or, or you know, or finish a check. I mean, not that I'm asking that guy to play in a physical role. Cause that doesn't make sense, but you know, just those types of things I think are way more impactful. That's what I was actually, it's great that you brought that up, Kobe, because I was going to ask you exactly that. If maybe you look back on your career and maybe you're in a similar situation with one of your teams in years past where, you know, maybe your team's in a rut, maybe you guys are struggling. And was there anything, is there anything that you can call back to to say, hey, I remember so-and-so doing this or so-and-so saying this that, you know, kind of helped give you a kick in the pants when maybe you needed or maybe the team needed it to, to you know, maybe get over a challenging uh, situation? You know, there, there were definitely... Um 
you know, d- different moments probably that I got to witness during the 2011 Stanley Cup run. Um, now, granted, I-, I was an extra player for that. I was a practice guy. You know, I traveled with the team. I practiced. Um, you know, I got to be around it all. I got to be in, you know, in, in the ga- the meetings after the games, the practice meetings, all that stuff. But I, I wasn't playing, right? So for me, it was just, you know, bearing more witness types of things. But you know, I think Zdeno Chara was probably as as good as you could get at at you know being that type of leader. And honestly, I just think back to the way Chara and and Dennis Seidenberg played in the 2011 playoffs. And and you know, you rarely hear people talk about that when they talk about that cup run because so much of it was about Tim Thomas and sure. and you know the power play was in the first round didn't get a goal and the comebacks and but. Just, just the way those two guys played. I mean, they they took their game to such a compete, a high compete level that it, it brought everybody along and it kicked everybody in the ass. And and you know, we were down 0-2 two different times in that playoffs. And guys like that made sure it wasn't necessarily what they said; it was what they did. It was first shifts at games. It was you know hits they made and and plays that they made and and blocks that they had and and stuff like that so kind of just mirroring what what i was saying i mean i i I definitely remember moments um from the national championship year at bu that that you know we had one really rough weekend uh, against uh, the university of vermont that year and we had only lost maybe four or five games that whole season but i remember our coach put film on and he put it on with the announcers so we could actually hear what the announcers were saying about us in those games and i'll tell you right now that that fired a lot of guys up and that's awesome um guys were pretty pissed about it guys took it personal guys took it to heart and jack parker knew what he was doing i mean he was he was a wizard at at that type of stuff i mean for me no nobody was better at knowing when you needed to be dragged off the bench by your cage or or you know given a hug to than than coach parker and and i experienced the highs and the lows with him for sure so you know they're 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 just different moments and and the other thing like times have changed that that's another thing so you know i'm not in the locker room anymore to to see how these young guys are but i i do know just from talking to guys like things are a lot different now i i think um you know, guys are a little more on their own page and guys, you know, are there's a lot more individuality in the game these days. And I think just how, how you're able to, to, to piece all those individual personality styles together, you know, into that sort of team ecosystem is, is probably the difference between maybe a team like Tampa and, and the fact that they're, they're finding their way into the playoffs and, and a team like the Islanders who just can't seem to string together, you know, any level of consistency because, you can't tell me the Islanders don't have goaltending. They're one of the few teams in the NHL that do have goaltending. And even Sorokin on a B night is better than, you know, a majority of the league. You know, you can't tell me they don't have guys on the back end because they do. They've got a guy who probably, not probably, is in the conversation for the Norris, you know, in, in Noah Dobson. And there are, you know, other skilled players in that lineup. So, I think speed is a big problem for them. I really do. To me, they're, they're, it's, it's not the fastest lineup in a, in a sport that's really fast. And they don't play that tight game anymore like they used to play under Barry Trotz where, you know, they would just lull you and lull you and lull you. But I think that's all part of the, the question and, and talking about the individuality of personalities and dragging guys in and getting guys going and, and you know, getting players to sort of buy in. It, it, it really all kind of connects itself. 
Kobe, I know you said times have changed, but as someone who's played in the league, how much media training do you guys get? Well, I appreciate you guys are super generous. You know, I saw some of the social media stuff. You know, I I guess I did play in the league, but I probably have I, I've broadcasted more games as an NHL than I've played. <laughs> That's never a good thing. Um, but not a lot, to be honest. I, I there there isn't a ton of media training. I mean, I do remember like maybe during the playoffs, um, you know, after every game, the PR staff would come in the room and they would basically, you know, prep the team and they would say like, look, like just because I remember there was a lot of drama with the Vancouver Canucks that year. So PR would come in and be like, we're not, we're not commenting on the biting incident or we're not replying to what Roberto Lolongo said or whatever. And to be honest, like, I think if you go back and you look at the PR battle, we, we totally crushed them in the PR battle that year. Um, and when I say we, I guess I use that term loosely. Nobody, <laughs> no reporters were talking to me, but it, it's, uh, it is true that, that, um, you know, we, we could use more personality in the game. And, and I mean, the Islanders are a great example of it. Like they're not allowed to have any fun. Uh, they're not allowed to really do much of anything, to be honest. I mean, I, I want to get Noah Dobson to come on Morning Cup of Hockey. And, and, you know, I know it's a long shot because I just know how controlling the organization is. So, you know, look no further than than the Stadium Series game. The Islanders are the only team that show up in suits and ties. Like, I actually thought that that was classless. Like, and I know it's not the <laughs> player's fault. And I know a lot of Islanders fans actually got pissed at me on – social media and they were like oh like we want to keep it classy we don't want it to be like the nfl and i'll tell you i'm not promoting that at all i think the nhl's dress code i think dressing professionally like i happen to love all that stuff hi buddy my my dog loves to <laughs> hey, make cameos when i'm doing stuff that's 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 oliver he's just you know coming in to say hello What's to everyone up, but um i i really did like i thought that was super disappointing to see the islanders not have the opportunity i thought the rangers show up and you know what they crushed it they were wearing the fdny and the, i mean that was like the coolest i mean such a great honor to to the heroes of new york city right and, and then it, the islanders aren't allowed to partake in that kind of stuff and you know, listen, that's the one time a year where you have this opportunity to have a moment that, that is a grow the game clip that teams talk about, that, that fans that don't watch hockey talk about. And, you know, here come the Islanders with, with their suits <laughs> and their ties. So not the player's fault whatsoever. Right. We all know where that stuff comes from. Um, and it just, to me, it, it, it lends more to the fact that, look, Lou has given a lot to the game of hockey. He's done a lot of great things, but it's time to pass the 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 baton because it's uh there there are certain things where you're showing you're you're showing your inability to you know go with the times and and i think a little bit of old school is great i think patrick waugh is a perfect example of that but i also think patrick waugh wouldn't still be coaching at high levels of hockey if he didn't you know, learn how to grow and adapt and, and, you know, move on to the times. I think that's fair, Kobe. And just to, to tie into what you just brought up, you know, the Islanders get a stadium series game here 10 years after the last one. Obviously, they're not not really involved in a lot of these events, whether it's that, Winter Classics, drafts or whatnot. But we did just find out that the All-Star game is going to be at UBS Arena 2026. And I just wanted to ask you, you know, I suppose as a sort of outsider's point of view, what does that say about the image for the New York Islanders landing an All-Star game where, you know, let's face it, for the last few decades here they've, they've kind of been an afterthought for the nhl 
Well, look, I think you got to give a lot of credit to, to Malkin and Ledecky for, for what they've done with that building. And, and I think that, that, that means a lot. Um, I think, you know, UBS Arena, they, they build a state-of-the-art facility. I know it was a struggle. Um, I know the, the whole Barclays Center thing they tried. It didn't work out. I, at the time, I thought, whoa, that could be really cool. And so I think you're, you're kind of bringing this identity to that area of Long Island and, and the Islanders and, and what they are and what they represent. So, look, I, I think Gary Bettman, you know, giving giving the All-Star game to the Islanders and UBS Arena, it, it's it's mostly a feather in the ownership group's hat. You know, I don't know the, the deep, deep history of ownership in the team. Obviously, I remember what happened back in the day with the guy who – turned out to be a total fraud i know that <laughs> i've seen that whole story and uh-huh. and whatnot and and you know there was always so many running jokes about gar snow and and the former owner and and that you know how he lasted and and all these different things but you know look i i think it it like i said it shows you that the islanders made a commitment to long island uh they they put their money where their mouth is with the building I think what they're doing with the whole outdoor rinks, um, I think what they're doing with their community hockey teams and the, the junior Islanders and, and having former players involved in that. I know Dennis is involved with the little kids. I know Aaron Asham's involved with the little kids. Um, you know, I, I think that's all part of the reason why they're getting it. And listen, Long Island, it's not that far from, from – it's in New York. It's not far from Manhattan. It's a major – you know, destination uh, Manhattan is obviously Long Island would be the destination in the summertime. But you know, it, it's uh, it, it definitely, like I said, it, it it's to me that that's ownership, and I think ownership should 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 be the ones who who get the praise for that. Two more things for me, Kobe, and we'll wrap it up. Here is first off, when did you decide you wanted to get into broadcasting at your career in two? Lafreniere, hundred point season, or what? <laughs> Oh man, you know what? Uh, let's just start with that one. Like, I mean, I know I'm talking to sensible people, and any—I'll I'll tell you—anybody who's not a Rangers fan sees that, and you know, just thinks, "Oh wow, who's this Homer?" I mean, that—that that, listen, <laughs> Alexis Lafreniere. Let's just remind ourselves this: this is a guy who, for the first time in four years, looks like a like a like a top six NHL forward. Okay, like he does. He looks like a top six NHL forward, but after four years. Um, and so I'm not going to go ahead and, and, you know, put a guy in the hall of fame in his first good season in the NHL. I mean, I think 24 months ago, people were wondering if Lafreniere was going to play in the NHL for more than his rookie contract. Like, honestly, I mean, right. he, he looked extremely pedestrian. He, he was, you know, not doing anything for the bottom lines, not good enough for the top lines. So when he's having his first good season, he's on pace for, you know, 40-something points. Um, he's got, what, 15 goals. When Johnny sits here and tells me <laughs> that, you know, this is a guy who's going to score 100 points, and, you know, you look at Matt Barzell, who, who's gotten, what, 85 and then never gotten close. You look at Steven Stamkos, who played 16 years in the NHL and had 100-point season. You know, you look at Braden Point, who's never had one. You look at... Mitch Marner, who's never had one. And, I mean, these are all players who are in the All-Star game every single year versus a guy who, again, he finally looks like he fits in the top six, but he can't even crack the top power play unit on his team. So, you know, look, I think if if Lafreniere ends up being a 30-30 and guy, is he ever going to have the touch to score 30 goals? I'm not really sure. 
I've yet to see something that tells me he does. Uh, could he be a guy who, who gets 50 assists? He, he might be able to. Uh, he might. And so, look, 50 assists, 25 goals, um, that, that's a really nice nice career for a guy to put up 70, 75 points a season. Those guys make, you know, $8 bucks a year. You know, you, you, you could do really well for yourself. But when you start looking at all the elite-level players that played in the NHL that were not 100-point scorers, and then, you know, my co-host says that and then wants to continue to talk about it. I mean, imagine you're celebrating a guy's 16th goal of the season in almost game 60. Like, that just tells you how low the bar has been set. I mean, like, I, I you know, I don't use the word elite for that type of situation. Artemi Panarin is an elite player. He's been in the league nine seasons. He's never reached 100 <laughs> points. Never reached I'm just glad you're setting the record straight here. (laughs) You know, it's something that we're going to continue to argue about on our show. Tomorrow we have Bruce Boudreaux coming on our show, and I promise you I plan to ask him that exact question if he thinks this player is showing that he is a potential 100-point scorer. Don't you worry. That will be a question that I ask Bruce Boudreaux tomorrow. Uh, Like, God, I'm like laughing. I don't even remember the other part of the question now because I'm just – you know, and and hey, listen, Johnny is a is a is beloved on Twitter. His New York Rangers fans back him up, which I love. I think that's that's sports fans. While they're nuts, they're they're important. They're passionate. They stick up for their players. It's the kind of situation where they could rip on this guy left and right, but the minute somebody from the outside does it they all come to his defense. It's like when some, you can beat up your own little brother, but nobody else can type of situation. (laughs) So it's craziness. It's insane. He even tried to argue with me that Braden point is a better player on the rush than him. than La or no Lafreniere is a better player on the rush than Braden point. And I'm like, Johnny, the rush. What, What about the rest of hockey? One guy had 65 points. One guy has 35. I'll take the guy with 65 points who's a point-a-game player with two Stanley Cups. You know, I, I, I mean, come on, a 50-goal score. It's like, you know, he's just he, he, he's a homer when it comes to the Rangers. He can't think straight, <laughs> that's all. Until he calls them the rags. But, yes, it's, it's simple math. Kobe, I'm with you 100%. Appreciate you clearing that up. But uh, And also, thank you for all your time. We had a great time, and I uh, hope to have you on again. Yeah, thanks, guys. Have a good night, and uh, sorry about the uh, – the, the the cameo from Oliver, he like I said, it's not the <laughs> no, first time he's done that. He he try he tries to get on my show every morning, and he trust me right now he's uh he's hanging out right here with me on the couch trying to do everything he can to get my attention. So that's a uh, day, day in the life for Oliver. Love it. Uh, appreciate Love it, it Kobe. Right, Kobe. Thank you. Have a great night. All right, guys. See you later. <laughs> All right, folks. That was. Kobe Cohen of ESPN and Morning Cup of Hockey, Daily Faceoff. He's all over the place doing a good job. And uh, I don't know if your boy Johnny Lazarus was watching, but uh, definitely set the record straight there. Yeah, I mean, it's common sense. The numbers <laughs> don't let, lie. Let's move on to Islander stuff. Well, yeah, well, we're going to. But first, I got to tell everybody about Main Street Board Game Cafe in Huntington Village on Long Island's North Shore. Games for sale and for open play. Food and drink, beer and wine, fun and friends. Bring the magic of phones down, eyes up, tabletop board games to your family. Our staff will help you find the right game from old favorites to the hottest new releases. We have everything from strategic to easy party games. Get off your screens for a night your family will remember. 
Looking for meetups to join? Our Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Lorcana, and organized play communities are welcoming for all. We also do parties and corporate events located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Go to mainstboardgamecafe.com for more information. Main Street Board Game Cafe, find your crowd, unplug your game, and now we're going to take a break. So, folks, thank you so much for tuning in to twitch.tv slash hockey9ny. We'll be right back. Attention all artists, storytellers, and creators of all kinds. It's time to make your content stand out above the rest. And Floored Media is the place to make your visions become a reality. Maybe you want to elevate your podcast and add some video. Or turn that novel you wrote into an audiobook. Or maybe you just need the right space to produce your daily vlog. Whether you're a seasoned veteran or just starting out, and no matter the project, Floored Media has the professional facilities, exceptional staff, and intimate atmosphere to breathe life into your creative passions at every step of the process. If it's engineering, production, live streaming, or post-production, you name it, Floored Media does it all. Conveniently located in the heart of Rockville Center and only a 30-minute ride from New York City on the Long Island Railroad, your creative incubator awaits. Go to FloredMedia.com for more information and email contact at FloredMedia.com for packages, rates, and availability. Hone in on your unique voice and start your project with Floored Media. It's time for What's on Tap. Brought to you by A1 VIP Entertainment. That's right, folks. It's time to take a look at what the Islanders have coming up. Because after a rough week last week, they got a win-win-win. And it all starts tomorrow as they go to Dallas for an 8 p.m. Eastern start against the Stars, who are atop the Central Division right now. Uh, although 5-3-2 and two in their last 10, not exactly world beaters, so, uh, but still a top team in this league, a team that the Islanders are going to have to come out on fire to begin with, as we talked about before. They've been coming out a little slow. So what do you see in the Dallas Stars, Stefan, and do the Islanders have a shot? They always have a shot. They beat Dallas. <laughs> they beat Dallas. They did. That's first right. Game. It was probably yeah. their, one of their wor- worst games. Can under- they sweep the series? We'll find out. Um, but, yeah, clearly the Stars are a very talented team. They probably don't mm-hmm. get enough credit for how good they are. And Jake Oninger is an absolute studding goal. And mm-hmm, we've talked so mm-hmm. much about the same stuff with this. Elite goaltending, you got to get traffic in front. you got to bear down. Can't take penalties. Cannot take penalties. And for, for the, the Islanders, they can match. They can be as urgent as possible. But when you're playing these elite teams, it doesn't really matter. Once they allow Dallas to get to their game, especially at home in their building, it's very tough to beat. But yeah, Dallas is, I mean, it's going to be a challenge. Even if the Islanders are at their best, it's going to be a challenge. Yeah, this this whole week, because then Thursday they go into Detroit, who, as I stated before, they're riding a four-game winning streak. Uh, what's, the, what's the update there, Jake? Is it a five-game winning streak? Well, it went to overtime. Can you guys take a wild guess who scored the overtime? Patrick winner? Kane overtime winner? That he did. Which wow. means, wait, everybody clap it up. Jake Rodonis won money. Is that wrong? Congratulations, I buddy. Way to go. Three Way player to go. goal scoring parlay. That is hard to do. It is hard. And to he do. hit all three. Look at you, pal. Yeah. Look at you. I might have to ask you for some tips. I'm not in the betting game. Hey, I'm, uh, you know? I don't hit many bets, so don't. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Fair enough. All right, so there you go. It looks like that's five now for the Detroit Red Wings if, uh, if math serves. And the Islanders gap now. Yeah, I think it was eight points behind them going into today, so I think it's ten now, Jake, if you want to verify that on your computer machine over there. We'll give you some time, but is that correct? Yep. Ten points back to the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, They do have, I think, three games coming up against them, so it is potential ground they can make up, but listen... Uh, it starts on Thursday. Detroit looks like they might actually be for real. I was Crazy. wondering if they were a pretender, but they brought Patrick Kane in, and, and this looks like a team who's who's ready to challenge for the playoffs, so this is going to be tough. 
Yep, another team where they're playing as if their season depends on it, and they have a ten point lead, so they're, they're must pretty, be nice. They're, but they're, I mean, they're they're <laughs> a good team. Uh, Blue Jackets just beat uh, the Rangers, by the way. Okay, ended their uh, ten game winning streak. Okay, oh, that's hysterical. I mean, right. well, I mean, of course that's how it's going to go, of right? Course, that's usually what happens is yeah. you beat the really good teams, you lose. All good things must come to an end, if you want to call it good. But yeah. um, doesn't really help the Islander situation. No, it has no effect. <laughs> no, thanks. <Ed laughs> Zero effect. But uh, <laughs> maybe, maybe on the draft situation. <laughs> but I, I love what's going on in Detroit for the sense of, like Alex Lyon is a guy that really didn't get a lot of a, sh- a shot to be a, a high caliber NHL goaltender. He backed up with Florida, and now he's playing like a legit goalie. For yeah. Good for him. You love those storylines. But yeah, sure. they bring in Debrinket. They had not, when we had him on, when we were on the show, we were talking about the trade that could have happened with the Islanders getting to Brink and how off to a hot start he was. He's been terrible, really, for most of the season mm-hmm. in terms of goal production, and they're still where they are. And Patrick Kane's been unreal addition for that team. And you always, oh, when's Eisenman's team actually going to start winning? Right. Here it is. Looks like they've arrived. And then moving on to Saturday, the Boston Bruins come to town for an evening tilt on Saturday. So maybe that'll help favor the New York Islanders. But it is the Boston Bruins, after all. <laughs> Top of the Atlantic Division. But, you know, funny enough, they have been blowing leads lately themselves. 3-3-4 three, three, and four in their last 10. So perhaps beatable but you know a lot can happen between now and saturday you could blow those leads when you're first place in the atlantic probably not lamenting those points and as much as the well, see, there's a hockey god move here is this game was actually supposed to be a day game that what was happened? changed just to a night game i don't know what the reason mm. was when they announced like there was a uh, schedule update okay this game got moved to the night so maybe the hockey gods thought we cannot give the islanders another day game perhaps a little mercy mercy <laughs> mercy <laughs> indeed yeah. all right well that's what's on tap for the islanders three tough games and let's face it you go one and two last week and you know Know, they got a. We we were saying two out of three would have been all right last week, and and now they're pretty much in a do or die situation. You, you know, you're falling ten points behind the wings. I know that they have at least like three games in hand on Tampa still, so maybe there's something there. Maybe they have so one game left against those guys. There's a chance. It's a slim one, and yeah. I'm sure we're going to get into that stuff when we get to questions brewing, but another tough week for the Islanders, and, and it literally is do or die, but I'm going to tell you guys what else is on tap. A1 VIP Entertainment featured events start with Friday, March 22nd, Fallout Boy at MSG, and Saturday, March 30th, and Sunday, March 31st, Zach Bryan at UBS Arena. And folks, baseball season is around the corner, and A1 VIP Entertainment can get you 50% off for select Yankee games this season. Call 516-787-0048. Mention Hockey Night New York for 10% off those featured events. And of course, these Yankee games. One call does it all. Juan Soto to the moon. He's going to have a great year. I don't know who that is. Oh, God. Baseball, man. Yankees. He, he, he had a home run today. <laughs> I don't know that we person. We have Redonis, Red Sox Redonis over here. How did that happen, Jake? Grab the mic. How did that happen? <laughs> Thank you. All right, turn his mic I'm off. Mute it. <laughs> He's muted. You, you have to shout. <laughs> How did so? How did the Boston real quick happen? look? Real quick, we have so I much lo- time. I love the city of Boston. Have you guys been there? Yeah, sure. No, no. it's a great F-O. city. No, we're not it's a great even... city. Okay, sure. I'm also a Mets fan, and I happen to not like the Yankees. So, a so it's like hat. that. Oh, so you're, right, you're a Yankee. So hater. it's more of an anti-Yankee situation. But I'm done. Let's go Red Sox. Ed, 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 mute it. I mean, I don't care. But you might have a get the throwdown with Ed after the show. That's we have Boston. Forget that. We we have lines to discuss. I think that's very important if we have time. We we do. I, I have a feeling somebody's going to ask us some questions, Bruin. Even that's if they, you know, even if they don't, I'll ask you about the lines. How about that? It'll be a question. Can we do cap real quick or no? All right. All right. Go ahead, Stefan. For crying right. out loud. So the Islanders on cap friendly are over the salary cap. Is that is that a fact? That is a fact. Do we know this? Yeah, they are over the cap as of now. So Kyle McClain, So are they going to get like 
removed from the league now? Is that how that works? Yeah, I think they take the team out what, back. What is, what's what the happens. consequences? Yeah, we looked it up. It's like jail time. It's like that. It's crazy. <laughs> Great. But uh, we, they're over the cap because they called Kyle McLean up. Scott Mayfield is not traveling with the team, but is okay. not on LTIR. Okay. Hudson Fashion's on LTIR, but uh-huh. can't be recalled. Okay. Oliver Walsham's out of the lineup, but they didn't waive him today. Okay. So we don't know what is going on. The team says that they are under the cap, but all the signs say they're not. Mm. So, again, I'm not saying anything is going to be done, but could we see a trade happen? A waiver move already have happened that they didn't announce yet. So definitely something to keep in mind by tomorrow, mm. too. Like, if you, I'm not saying this is happening, but if 2 o'clock comes and says, Wallstrom cleared. Or just something like that, that would be why. Because, right. again, maybe there's some move that was made that we don't know about that they're not announcing. But mm-hmm. definitely keep an eye on the Islanders over the next 24 or, hours. Or did Cap Friendly perhaps make a calculation error? Is yeah. that possible? No, I mean, it's 99% accurate. Okay. Um, but doing the math on a calculator, and I can't do it freehand. Sure. Um, they're over the cap. But, you know, I'm not a mathematician. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on it. And questions see if brewing, there's, there's a, No, no, we're not in questions <laughs> no, brewing no. yet, for crying out loud, Stephanie. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm the guy with the cards oh, here, right? right. <laughs> yeah. All right, so with that, Ed, why don't you throw us in to Hero of the Week? Ladies and gentlemen, when you hear this song, that means it's time for the Hero of the Week, brought to you by the Blue Line Deli and Bagels Half Price Hero, which this week is the Blue Liner, featuring chicken cutlet, bacon, melted American, Russian dressing on a toasted garlic hero it sounds wonderful what do you mean what do you mean it sounds wonderful it is wonderful i've, I've had it before many times it's so good uh so stefan who is your hero of the week i hope you did this on purpose speaking of russian did you do this on purpose maybe alexander romanov <laughs> is my hero of the week because no matter if the islanders keep failing he is it seems like he's giving it his all every shift laying the body these big hits big blocks last night so i think he stuck the leg out to stop a kucherov one-timer into mm. wide open cage obviously didn't help the islanders in the long run but Right. I just think he's been one of those players, and now he's playing with um, Pulak instead of Dobson, and I just think he's been really good the entire year. The growth he's taken, he's been fantastic, and I thought this week, especially when the losing was happening, he was doing everything he can to change the, the course and tilt the ice in the Islanders' favor. Okay, well, I also went with a blue liner. Stephen. Oh, not a Russian? No, he's, oh, okay. he's not Russian. No, no. He would use, I, I think, Canadian dressing if there's such a thing. <laughs> yes, uh, there's not. But, right, yeah. right. So anyway, my hero of the week, I, I, went, I kept it simple. The, the one guy who scored a game-winning goal for sniper. the New York Islanders this week. Yes, the sniper, number three. Adam Pellick, the overtime, the unexpected overtime game-winning Some goal shot. against the Pittsburgh. Yeah, not only did he get the goal, but let's see a little bit of more, a little bit more of that, right? He steps inside the blue line, rips a shot, and 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 the Islanders were able to celebrate it and not suffer another collapse after giving up a multi-goal lead so and then as you said before maybe this gave the team a little bit of hope but the rest of the week obviously didn't do that great but Adam Pellick overtime game winning goal here of the week so Romanov and Pellick your your blue liner heroes of the week so remember folks stop on in to the blue line deli and bagels Huntington location mention hockey night in New York and get half off the blue liner. So with that, I think we're, we're, we're going to throw it over to the snake den. Uh, Jake the snake what's the take? The theme song. Oh, hit the theme song, pal. Let's go. <laughs> you just went straight to Jake. Welcome to the Snake Den with Jake the Snake Redux. Yeah, so a little behind the scenes is sometimes I can't come up with these takes myself or I need a little bit of help, you know. Sure. So Sean or Stefan, they'll help me out. Sure. Yeah, I went to Twitter. Okay. Buddy, pizza sports guy. Okay. Him, what do you want my take to be about? And okay. Gave me a couple things. So how do I think the Isles should take on the deadline? And I know this has been a talk a lot recently. Mm-hmm. And a few shows ago, I even talked about some potential trade targets. That's right, you did. 
But I think my view has changed here. I honestly think they shouldn't do anything at the deadline. Okay, I'd stand like to pat. see how this group, how it pans out for this group. Okay. So we could use this time as Watt to evaluate the players, who he wants to stay there, as you guys okay. have previously mentioned. I would be okay, though, if they do buy, and the only person I'd be okay with them buying is Anthony Duclair. Okay. Someone read my article. Stefan, <laughs> do you know the date of the trade deadline? March 8th, 3 p.m. Good to know that you're doing your job. Thursday. March 8th. That's not far away. It might not be a Thursday. That's, I think it's, it's it's at the end of the week. You have People the date enjoy the that time. day. That's enough. Yeah, March That's 8th, because my birthday is the 6th. Oh, there we go. Look at that. Yeah, maybe Big birthday coming up. <laughs> yeah, Lou, Lou, give me a birthday present. You're 22, fired. Stefan? <laughs> 22. A nice article to write about. Yeah, no, uh, 26 and off wow. insurance. So. Oh, nah, oh, boy. Yeah, probably good. <laughs> All, All right. Now. All right. He had also asked oh, right. um, about Ooh. Colby's take on the laugh situation. We got Johnny. that. We got that. But he also asked me, why has Stefan still not shown up at the pizzeria? And when will you and Sean be stopping by? Well, can I chime in here real quick? Yes, you can. Because, I mean, it's a fair question and, and would love to, uh, pizza guy. I still don't even know this this person's name. Does he even have a face? Because his, his Twitter handle is just a, literally a slice of pizza. I think it's Sauces. That's his name. <laughs> sauces. Hashtag but, Sauces. Michael, would love to. But the question is, where the hell is this pizza shop? Hey, me Can't too. go unless we know where it is. I'm a pizza fan. I, I would love, love to try pizza. the spot. And, and, and those pictures that he's putting up all the time, whether it's the pizza, the pasta, looks wonderful. So, looks so delicious. Yeah, we, can, we can arrange a, a group trip here, Hockey Night in New York. All right, we're we, going next we week. we got to know where it is. Fine, we're going yes. next week. Where's the spot? I think he texted me it. I have to look it up. Yep. Um, oh, group trip. Okay. Yeah, group trip. There all right, go. so we're so all in. We'll, we'll knock that out. Maybe yeah. we'll bring Jay, too. Maybe. I think Maybe. he likes pizza. If Jay earns his place in Boston, or, or is it, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, it's in New York? No That's comment. a fair question. No comment, Ed. No comment. <laughs> I think it's on the island. Yeah, I don't think yeah. we're I don't, I don't. don't think we're, we're traveling uh, over county lines. <laughs> no, I don't, so. I don't think so. I, I will actually be, but... That's yes. right. But Just yeah, want to know Jay, where all so. these great places are. They're not in Boston. Okay. All right. So we'll talk later, Ed. Well, we'll talk later. So that's Jake's take. Great job. Love the new theme song. Fantastic stuff. And now I'm going to tell you all about Isles Fix. Islanders Country, get your daily fix of Isles news, highlights, and analysis by subscribing to Isles Fix, the only Monday through Friday Islanders newsletter sent directly to your inbox. Sign up for free or become a paid subscriber for added benefits at islesfix.substack.com. And now. Yes. It's time for questions brewing. Nice job. Thank you. It's time for Questions Brewing. So go ahead, ask us a question. Okay, now's the part of the show where I ask Ed and Jay how they're doing, how the chat's going, and if we have any questions. Yeah, so in that done. order, please. <laughs> doing great. Uh, Sean got me a new hat. Hey! Yeah. Let's go. Uh, it's from the Stadium Series. It's got the patch and everything. Looks really nice. There you go. Um, Jay is... Uh, aloof. <laughs> Rolling One his eyes say. as always. Uh, big word. Small word, but big word. Um, yeah, but we have questions. Uh, okay, starting off, they're brewing. With, this one made me chuckle uh, as soon as I started reading it. So, Trotier19 asks, uh, I've been watching hockey for 100 years, Ooh. and I never saw a team so bad at clearing their own zone when they have a chance. Why does this happen? I'm pretty sure the 19, like 25 team was really bad. <laughs> well, he was around, apparently. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, it didn't exist. Why is this team... <sighs> I don't think they're that bad. I mean, they've clearly struggled at times to. They have a problem. They have, a, they have, they have many they have a problems. Problem. Well, but with regard to that, the they have sharks. a problem. It's not the ducks. It's not. Well, I'm talking about clearing pucks. They have a problem. Oh, yeah, that is do. a clear problem. Yeah, it's um, it's mind-boggling. We've talked about it numerous times on how on earth that just happens. A team again, even if the team was never like that under Trotz, and this was never an issue. Like, oh, they're that good at this. They were the best team in the NHL at this. Right. 
Right. So it's a great question. What happened? We Again, I said it last week. I'm going to crack the joke until I turn 100. Um, that it's they need a 30 for 30. I th- yeah, but I think it's a combination of what Brian Compton mentioned last week mm-hmm. about just maybe a lack of speed. Maybe this the age is getting to them a bit, and, and they're not as quick to pucks as they used to be. I mean, they're not winning the board battles like they used to. And I think it's also just a mental thing, too. I mean, how many, you know, now you, you think about the, the mistakes that, are, that now, you know, when you pile them up and you realize just how many have happened and, and what it's cost them when we talk about even just even just poor plays like passing out of the zone, whatever mm-hmm. it is, the so giveaways that have led, led to goals against. But even situations where they're hemmed in sometimes for, for literally a full two minutes on a PK or, you know, late in the game when the goalie's pulled. I mean, again, this is a testament to why they haven't scored an empty net goal yet is because they can't, they can barely yeah. get the puck past their own blue line. And it is, it is mind-boggling. And I don't understand it. I don't, I don't see how all of these guys collectively could have forgotten how to clear a puck successfully out of his own, right? But it's, you know, you get this deep into a season and it's more than just coincidence, you know? There's something going on with these guys. And for me, I think it's more mental than, than coaching. I think it's probably... Probably a combination of mental and physical, but clearly they can't get it done. And I'm sure, you know, Patrick was losing sleep at night now where he's been with the team long enough and he sees this happening. He's like, what the hell is going on here? When in doubt, boards and out. When in doubt, flip it out. It, it sounds simple. It I sounds mean, it's much, simple. It's much harder. But somehow it always ends up on the opponent's stick. Well, you look at the Blues game, three goals in 32 seconds. And after the game, Anders was asked about this. Ryan Pulak was asked about this. And Patrick Waugh. Is this a mental thing? And I'm pretty sure Ryan maybe said it was a little bit mental. Mm. Andersley didn't like the question and said no. And and Wah said no, it's just about turnovers. But again, why are they making these turnovers? Yeah. These are turnovers they never made. Right. Yeah. Next. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Moving on. All right. Next up from Mike4652. Knowing Lou and his loyalty, if Lou does the unthinkable and thinks about moving Brock, what is an what is a realistic return to expect? Oh, they would get so much. <laughs> no, it'd be no. Probably, he'd bring a haul. Yeah, he would. I mean, again, the one thing that goes against Brock is his age, and the fact that he's going to need a new contract at some point. And when a player's again thirty-five goals, probably for a third straight year, but do you you know does another team want to bring him on just for a rental move? Not again for maybe a year and a half or whatever, two years. Like, do you how much can you pay a guy after? Like, eventually he's going to fall off. Right. So when he's due for a new contract for the Islanders. I mean, Brock could literally go to Lou or wherever the GM and say, listen, I've scored 30. I'm a top 10 center production-wise in the league. Mm-hmm. I only paid like that. And then uh, GM could say, yeah, but you're 33. Or you're, you know, like, it's it's tough. So I think if the Islanders were going to go that route, which I don't think they would, and definitely I would think you'd bring back a couple of firsts and a prospect, uh, a first and two prospects. They'd bring back – he has he has the most um, value on the trade market for any Islander right Without now. a doubt. And, you know, if if they were going to blow this thing up, he would be the first guy you probably deal for that reason, for the haul that he can bring back. But the problem is, is this team is not looking to blow things up. They can't. This is they're committed to a number of guys long term. And sure, could they try to unload them here, there and everywhere? They could. But we just know that that's not the game plan, especially under Lou. And and we've we've alluded to the fact that maybe this is, you know, Lou's last season if they don't make the playoffs. We don't know that. But but just looking at it realistically right now this is a team that's that's more than likely leaning towards if anything retooling trying to you know you know shuffle out some some cap room uh to bring maybe some younger faster guys in if they can right and i just don't think brock is going to be part of that for a few reasons a because of again just retooling but also if they're if they're still going to try to be competitive 
who's their who's their second line center after that, right? Well, like, like just to our, uh, another point today, he's no longer your second line center, but 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 what I'm saying yeah. is like you can't you can't split up Horvat and Barzell, no, because then you're you're wondering what wingers are going to fill no those point. spaces, yeah. right? So you kind of have to if you're gonna you know try to retool if if everything falls apart, they don't make the playoffs this season, which is where it's it's trending right now. Yeah. If that happens. Then you know you're gonna look at what you can get rid of and and what you can maybe supplement with. And I think more realistically, you look at guys like Pajot. I, I don't think Pajot has done Lou any favors this year with just the numbers he's put yeah. up. Uh, I think he was much more attractive leading into the season, where we heard rumblings of maybe he was involved in a Debrinkat yep. rumor, whether that was true or not. Couple, uh, you know, coupling him with Oliver Wallstrom, I think it's gonna be either harder to deal Pajot or at least you're not getting much back. And really, you're just getting cap relief at this point. And you have to probably retain and salary too. Quite, yeah, quite possibly. Contract, so. But I think that's something you, you look more in that direction of a guy like him. If you're looking to get rid of even more than that, I guess Paul Mary's a guy because he's still a guy who can help a team on a, on a playoff run. I think that's something that you can... You're not... You're not just giving away. You, yeah. You'll get something back. You probably won't have to retain salary. You may not, or you might at least get something a little, little bit coming the other way. But the big thing for this team is, if they are going to do a retool, is is to just get rid of money. They got to get rid of money somehow. And I think Pajot is probably at the top of that list if 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 Luke can figure out a way to do it. And, and the next step is is finding out how to do that. But you made a great point. Like if the thing about trading Brock Nelson, you trade Nelson, Palmieri, pa- every like. That's right, the, you blow like, the entire operation yeah, up, which and know, I don't think that's going to happen. Not, they can't yeah, do that because right. of the long-term contracts. Right. Staying on the topic of Brock Nelson, uh, Mr. Tom Boyle wants to know, are the Nelson rumors nonsense at this time? Well, the one Nelson rumor I heard was that the Islanders are getting calls on Nelson. Lou's not looking to deal Nelson, but if a deal comes his way that he can't refuse, he should probably take it. I mean, I haven't heard that, but it makes a lot of sense. Teams should be calling about Brock Nelson because sure. if the Islanders are thinking about blowing it up, any playoff team that can get a number two or number one center or even maybe make it even deeper, that Nelson mm-hmm. becomes your third-line center or he could play wing now. Obviously, we know he could play wing. Uh, yeah, teams should be calling. Lou, again, should only be willing to sell if the offer is a grand, not even a home run, grand slam. And three, but I don't think he's going to do that. But those rumors, I don't think that they're definitely not shop. I don't see a rumor that says the Islanders are shopping. I don't think they are. I don't think Scott Malkin has any interest in going through a rebuild right now. They just opened that building. I've said things like this before. Like, I think they would rather try to fix this thing on the fly than blow everything up. I think you got to get deeper into the Barzell and Horvat contracts, stuff like that. And then you have upcoming long-term deals likely for Dobson and Romanov. So they're they're pretty much buying into this core and they're and is it easy? No, but they're probably going to have to change on the fly. You know, the like The core is really good. Yeah, I mean, look, <laughs> look, you you have you have Sorokin, you have Pelik Pulik, they get a little older, but they're still there. You have Barzell, you have Horvat. I mean, they have a lot of pieces that you can absolutely retool around. It's just having Lamarillo or whomever it is to figure out the science to retool, you know, the right team around them. And I think where we're really close to hitting that point. And I think that will be this summer if they don't make the playoffs. But I, but I do think, you know, as long as they see their own math there as a path to get into the playoffs, they're they're still going to try to make it and they might still try to add somebody. They might. But it may it may mean you know still subtracting someone just to make financial room for that person. But I, I don't think there's going to be any massive you know overhaul of this team when you have a goalie like Sorokin and the names I just put out there. This is a team for better or worse that is probably going to spend the next you know two to four years off the top of my head tr- you know trying to win that Stanley Cup. Next up from the wheel eighty nine. 
Can either of you go back in time and tell us, Isle fans, that Uncle Leo on the top of the line was undoubtedly the key to uh, <laughs> key to our back-to-back playoff runs and success? We I can't. Love. No, we don't have time machines. Sorry. No, <laughs> I don't have one. Do you have I, one? I I do have an appreciation for the question, though. It yeah, is funny how that stuff works out, right? Top line Leo, and they're in the conference finals. Go figure. It is uh, absurd. And guess what? It's a guy that goes into corners, win battles, plays strong defensively. I mean, it wasn't. People thought it was crazy, but if you look at the dynamic of that line back then, it made that that line did not allow goals. And they, they you know, but obviously Komarov's not a top line player. Great guy. <laughs> no, no, he's not. Great yes, guy. Very, though. very funny dude. Next up from CGS878, how much money would Eberly need to sign with the Islanders for next season? Well, it's not even how much money would Eberly need. I think the Islanders have to have enough cap space to sign <laughs> right. anybody. Right. I, I, he probably takes a pay cut given his age. Yeah, it depends how much he likes. No joke. Like, wants to be back with the Islanders. I mean, him and Barzal are pretty close. but um, He seemed being... to enjoy his time here. Yeah. Like um, here. Is that he... something you want to retread, though? I don't know. Probably not. Right. Again, it depends now. If, if Nelson's going to be on that top line with Horvat and Barzal and they're not mm-hmm. trading Nelson, you don't have to worry about that line. And your second line right now is um, mm-hmm. Lee Peugeot Palmieri. We know Lee's not going anywhere. We know right. Peugeot, unless they trade him, he's under contract and Palmieri's under contract. So, mm-hmm. do you, I mean, Everly, you probably want to try to upgrade your top six. I don't think Everly, I don't think Everly would come back here. I don't think that would work. And again, the honors have zero cap space to do anything they want to do right now. So there I don't think go. it's about what Everly really wants. I think it's about what can the Islanders even offer. There you go. Next up from OKD Man. If and when the time for Lou to go comes, do you think we would see Wah step into the GM role or do we find a new face for the front office? Yes. We, we teased that. That was a Oracle. Oh, we did talk question. about that last week. We, we did touch on that last week where we think that it's a possibility that Wah could be the guy who steps in. Stefan, it looks like you had something at the ready there. Oh, I think there's... Again, it depends how much. If Lou has a couple more, I don't think Wa is going to go from coaching this team and Lou being five, like they probably bring in like an assistant guy to to be a, a stopgap for Wa. I think at some point uh, with the Islanders organization, Wa will be the GM and Benoit, his assistant coach, will be the head coach of this team at some point. I'm not saying again. I don't think they're not going to build a team for Wa and his structure and system and then make him the GM after half a year. But I will say that. I do think at some point it will be Wah at the GM and Benoit as the head coach. I I have this feeling too that and you know without any sort of information, but it just seems to me that Patrick Wah was brought into the Islanders organization to be part of the organization for a while. Yep. Now whether that's his head coach for an extended amount of years or if and when Lou is is ready to move on, because you got to figure that's happening sometime soon. Like I just cannot see Lou Lamarillo, st- and this has nothing to do with his what he's done with the team. I just mean literally his age and how long he's, he's been in the Jack, game. Though. He's in great I health. just I don't know if I see him being the GM of this team beyond two to three years, and and, and I think that might even be overextending. Like like this year, maybe next year. I don't know. And, and again, like I, I, I do have this feeling that, that if they don't make the playoffs this year, that might be when they sit down and say, okay, we gave it a go. We're going to pass the baton to Patrick Waugh. That's, that's how I see it going eventually. And even if Waugh is not the GM come next year or the year after and Lou is still here, you know for a fact he will have a say in what Lou – Not again, Lou has the final call, but they're building the team for Waugh. So Waugh has to have a say. Like Colby said on the thing is – Waz going to tell what players I, I think aren't going to work here. Like mm-hmm. He's going to have a say in how Lou does it. At the end of the day, it's Lou's call, but he definitely br- didn't bring Wa in there to just be the coach and just coach. Isle72 asks, do you think that the Isles need to get a look at Ishikov no matter what? No. <laughs> okay. Do you want to elaborate on that? I have yeah. things to say too, but you go ahead. Um, I don't, again, size shouldn't 
define everything. But there's a reason why we didn't see him last year. And again, he was a rookie. And this year, he was an all-star for the second straight year. And he's having he's going to have the same problem with the Islanders that Wallstrom had, where if he's going to make it, it's as a top six forward. And even if the Islanders are out of it, I mean, sure, could they call Chicago up to show him off the trade? But that being said, could a cop also make his value worse? One hit, and Ishikov could show that he can't be in this league if he doesn't get up. So right now, his value, to me, I don't think it's ridiculously high, but I think keeping him in the AHL might be beneficial to his value if they're trying to include him in a trade because if he comes up and his first game shows he cannot be an NHL player, like he can't win a puck battle, can't play any type of defense, everything he's done in the AHL to build up that value as a potential prospect is now gone. So I guess it's the thought of, does he? I don't think he has the potential to be with the Islanders playing the same way Walsh doesn't in a top six role. So mm-hmm. sure, if he gets called up and scores a goal, yes, his value goes up. But at the same time, I think it might be too much of a risk given that the Islanders have not many assets and lack of prospects to call him up, see him fail, and then now he has no value. Sure, and I think if and when the Islanders do determine that they're not making the playoffs or and or they start selling guys off, whether that's maybe a clutterbuck on a lower degree, Peugeot, whoever it is, I think you, you should be calling these guys up at least. Call Iskakava oh, I agree Iskikava, with some of you guys. Uh, yeah, Maggio, maybe even Dufour. Just see what these guys can do with some carefree NHL ice. Just see just see what they look like out there. You know, it's not going to give you the best, you know, uh, note on, on how well they perform because it's, it's going to be games that don't matter. Yeah. But let's just see how they acclimate to the NHL game. So if the Islanders do fall short of the playoffs, I would love to see a, at least some of those guys come up just to see what they have. Yeah, I don't think we'll ever, I really don't think we're ever going to get to that point because if the mm-hmm. I think the Islanders again one step forward, one step back. If they're six, seven, eight points, they're going to keep unless it's like the last game of the season or two or three games left. I don't think the Islanders are going to be completely out of it because they'll win some games to stay in the race and be relevant for the deadline and then all that kind of stuff. I just I just feel like this last week or two has not instilled a lot of confidence, oh, and I'm sure we'll have a question that'll relate to this, but. And, and, and I'm sure a year ago, we probably had a similar conversation. And then Horvat arrived. Yeah, and then, and then, and then things Barzal changed. Got hurt. But, and like, then... I just, for me, I currently don't have that feeling that all of a sudden this team is just going to get it. And, and they're just going to start rattling off wins. Can they? Are they capable? Absolutely. We've seen how they've gone up and down this year, without question. But with the way things have been going recently and some just crushing losses that you can, as you said, you've seen it in the locker room, how these guys just look defeated. And are they going to be able to rally around that room and and, and pull something off here that, that we're not really expecting right now? I hope they do. But it just doesn't look that way to me. We are a fun fact. and this is Love like those. Five I love fun. <laughs> Five on five since Wah has arrived. I don't mm-hmm. know the exact stat, but Wah told us today, and I, yeah. I'm going to believe Wah. The Islanders have allowed the, uh, they've had the most scoring chance in the league. Huh. Five on five. I did not know that. I didn't look it up. Like I'm going to trust Wah, and I mean sure. he, could, he could be lying to me, and I believe it. Like he can tell me my name's <laughs> okay. He can tell me my name's Stephen, and be like, yeah, sure. okay, yeah, yeah sure, but, yeah, crazy. Anyway, okay. Uh, next up, uh, DT, DTMR0729. Not a big bring back former Isles guy, but thoughts on trading for Tito? Fast, younger French Canadian. Mm. One year left on the I'm... deal. Might get him for cheap. And, and what's up, DTMR? Met you in the concourse the other day. Pleasure to meet you. I'm Go sorry ahead. they had to meet Sean at the concourse the other day. <laughs> no, you shut your mouth. <laughs> uh, we had t- I'm pretty sure we have talked about this. And what I said about you. Can't yeah, bring we did. Bo back if it was during the year one four point one two million dollars. If, if that's correct, I don't know how my memory just remembered that one. But I would bring him back because him if the honors had cap space and needed extra forward and he was willing to take a one fourth pay cut and make around a million as a prove it deal. Him and Barzal are best friends, bestest of friends, and I think bestest is that a word? 
Nope. Anyway, it's right not an adjective. Here. It's not a verb. It's all right. Grammarly would have fixed that for me. But um, yeah, they're so close that just to keep morale high. I mean, Bo obviously has scored mm. one of the greatest goals in Islanders history, especially for fans that weren't around for the dynasty at all, or maybe mm. weren't even around for the or, or the Bates goal, things like that. Mm. The biggest goal in the in the history of their fandom, recent and history. He's and he's meant so much organization when he was here, and just to Barzal, keep your clients happy. Right, and I think that Barzal's here long term. They can get Bo here to be, you know, fight for that extra forward spot, bring him on a PTO, or sign him to as your extra forward next year as a as a, an option. Sure, I don't think the Islanders will even have the cap space for just for funsies to have a guy. <laughs> um, but I think just because he, him and Barzal are so close, if there was even room for a one year, one million dollar deal, why not? I don't think he's going to be a player that could help this team. I really, guess I, I wouldn't hate him on a one year, uh, one million dollar yeah. deal in a middle. Six role, Middle I six, suppose, yeah. where you're Extra not, forward. yeah, if you're not paying him 4.12 to score happen. 20 to 30 goals, yeah, that's probably a, a problem. But hey, look, he's younger, he's he's got some foot speed. It would it be the worst thing in the world? No, but you just don't see those retreads yeah. too often. I know they did it Chara. years years ago. With, well, that took, that was a long circle before People, he came back. Careers ended. <laughs> well, I remember <laughs> they did it with Marius Tchaikovsky before your time, but uh, they traded they traded him for Aaron Asham, and they ended up bringing him back. I think they signed him as a free agent, whatever it was. But you just don't see it. What about Radic Martinez? That he was he was a very special case. Mm-hmm. He, he found his way back. He's still on the island. He's yep. still he's oh, still he's skating around Syosset, I'm sure, at Iceworks, but well wait, probably Northwell now. But wait till they bring Josh Bailey back this summer. Is the next one? I don't think that's gonna happen. Maybe as in a coach, the player to Yeah, I'm told yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> all right, Ed, what do you got? Uh next up from NZAB09. For all the Isles fans who say blow up the team and start over, who was the last team who did this and was successful? And how long did it take them? Look at the New York Rangers. Look at Quick the New York Rangers. That, the letter. That was the letter, remember? They sent oh, the yeah. letter. And it was, it was Gordon and, and John Davidson at the time. That's right. Probably one of the best quick rebuilds we've seen. Well, do in, we call that quick, though? I mean, it wasn't yeah, overnight. I, I mean, they weren't. the Like, it was, we got rid of the players you don't want to have. And, what, two seasons later, they were back in the playoffs? But, mm-hmm. again, when you talk about a full-on rebuild where, like, you sell everybody... You can't do it in the capital anymore. It takes time. Yeah. It takes a long time. I mean, that would be a long waiting game. And, and I'm just going to go back to what I said before. I don't think this team is even at that point. I think we're, we're not going to see uh, a committed rebuild for a long time. And you said it starts with Nelson. If you're, t- you're talking about a retool with Nelson being moved and things like that, excuse me, Ilias Rook would have to go first. He's going to ruin your rebuild because he's going to win you games that you don't right. want to win. Like- <laughs> right, right. You're going to end up with the 12th pick instead of, yeah. you know, the third pick or whatever it yeah. is. Ed? Do you have one from uh, Coach Jeff 24 here? Okay. Uh, how rock bottom do things need to get for ownership to move on from Lou? Is it really death do us part with him? Yeah, rock bottom. I, I think missing the playoffs, like you said, is going to have a sit is going to have a sit down. And I think uh, it d- depends how much they miss by. It depends what if Lou makes a move and gives up assets mm-hmm. and those the guy comes back and is terrible. Like if he yeah. mishandles his assets and trades the first for a player mm-hmm. and they don't make the playoffs and the guy doesn't resign. Yeah. Like, that's serious. I mean, in jobs, when you don't succeed in your job, you get fired. And I, I don't think we'll ever see a firing. It'll be a mutually parting ways. But again, you have same thing with Lane is you could fire Lou, but if you don't have, a, if you're not putting Wall in that spot, you kind of have to have a serve. If you're gonna fire Lou, you gotta have a, a replacement ready to go. It can't be we're firing Lou and then we're gonna go on the prowl for a GM. I, I just again, I I think that 
the hiring of Patrick Waugh, like, I think there was just more long-term parts of that yep. discussion. Agreed. This wasn't just an immediate, all right, we'll bring Patrick in and see what happens. You know, I think there's going to be something there, you know, whether that means Lou hanging on for, for a little longer or there's some sort of passing the baton. But I, I, I think that, you know, we're just going to have to wait and see. But I, I have a feeling that part of that conversation, in some way, shape, or form, was the New York Islanders post-Lou Lamarillo. Yep. Whether, I don't that's, think, whether that's sooner or later. And we spoke about it too is I don't think Lou made the decision to hire Wah on his own. I think management. I agree. I don't think Malkin would have allowed I him to agree. hire Wah unless there was a plan. I agree. Tom Boyle chimed in and asked, does Bolduke need waivers to go to Bridgeport and was he injured or sick to warrant a conditional stint? So this is the way you get away from waivers and he was not waiver exempt. So if the honors wanted to send him down, he'd have to go through waivers. Conditioning stint, he counts against the roster spot and he counts against the cap. And it doesn't have to be injury. He just have they just have to give a reason to the commissioner's office as to why. First off, Bolduc has to agree to go on the conditioning stint. Now they said it was to get his confidence up. I doubt that flies as a way to get a player out of waivers is because then every team would use it. So we don't know what yeah. was said to Batman to convince him. We don't know anything like that. But Bolduc had to agree. He doesn't need waivers. The max he gets down there is fourteen days. Uh he played last night. He's probably playing. To, he probably played today. Mm. They have a game Wednesday night, I believe, as well. So he's going to get games and to stay fresh. It's a great move. I don't know what the reason is, but it mm. had to be a good one because then every team would use that. Oh, just needs confidence. Let's avoid waivers. Lou finds ways. Yep. Just just like he's apparently over the cap. <laughs> Look at that. What a league. What do you got, Ed? And this just in from Stephen Butch Nine. What's your guys' overall prediction at this moment for what Lou does at the deadline? Again. Cap space is an issue. I think if he can move on from a guy like Peugeot, I think he does it. If not, I think you do see Oliver Wallstrom moved, especially with the roster changes they just made where Wallstrom is not in the lineup anymore. They said he was... Lou and Wabul said we're going to give him a good look. We're going to take our time with him. And that's done. Essentially now. You're playing McLean to have Nelson as your left winger on that top line. Mm. So, you know, today I asked Wa, what did you see from Wallstrom? You guys said you're going to give him a good look. What are you going to do? And he said it wasn't that he was playing bad. I do want to see more consistency, but we wanted another center in there because Nelson's now a winger. If that's the plan going forward, the honors need to go get a center unless they trust McLean. Like now the things shift now mm. to if you truly believe Nelson's going to be on this team next year and you want him on your top line and that time line is dynamic, I, you don't trust McLean, you need a center. I just to just to first I'll start with with the original question what and then we, we can start with the line. <laughs> What's your overall prediction for what Lou does at the deadline? Well, look, we got about 2 weeks until the deadline. Right, about two weeks. And, you know, look, they have to basically be nearly lights out over these two weeks to give Lou a reason to buy. Yep. Right? So I think they're going to do one of two things at this point, and that's either Stan Pat, like Jake the Snake over there said. Hey, don't Jake. Or they will sell. I don't know how heavy they would sell. And also, you, you look back at what Lou did with Chara and Green, mm-hmm. yep. where he could have gotten something for those guys, but he elected to hang on to them out of respect, out of just saying, hey, you feel more comfortable here, fine. So I know fans probably don't want to hear this, but you know, he may not trade a guy like Cal Clutterbuck if Cal's like, listen, my family's here, I don't want to go anywhere. And then Lou might say, you know what, I don't need that third round, fourth round pick or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like he might just hang on to him. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't go that way with a guy like Pajot because you're talking money here. You're talking getting that off the cap. You're talking about maybe getting something back and, and open up a roster spot. But I would say with what's transpired over the last week or two, he is either standing pat or selling. Uh, and if he buys, it's going to be a very conservative buy where he's not giving up a lot. Or it's a move for that Wa said, hey, forget if we make the playoffs or not this year. I want this guy for next year. Could do that pull too. A, pull up. 
a Bo Horvat move where let's get it. I don't think they You're have looking towards they have, the future. They don't have the cap space, but any move that Lou's making for the deadline, he doesn't do rentals. So he's making a move to bring mm-hmm. a player in. That's why I said Duclair, and we could touch on it before we wrap this thing up, but Duclair played two years under Watt in Quebec. Duclair brings speed. Watt keeps talking mm-hmm. about speed. Yep. This is before Nelson got moved to the wing, but Duclair is fast. He could be a top six guy for this team. He's playing top line in San Jose, which doesn't mean a lot, but mm-hmm. small cap hit. Probably do a two-year deal at $2.5 million annually. It fits under pretty much everyone's cap. And just a player that knows Watt. Like, that would be, to me, a cheap ad that, if it doesn't work, you could probably flip them at the draft. Speed is always an asset. But that's like a, a, a minor move they can make where Duclair has that speed that, and he knows Waz's system and structure, and I think that would help out. And just to touch on the lineup thing real quick before we bounce out of here is I don't think the Nelson-Horvat-Barzell line is going to be a long-term thing for this team. I don't think that goes into next year. Maybe that's something Waz rides for the rest of the season, at least as long as they stay in the playoff ch- chase. But I think that's more of I'm going to give this a shot to see if they can put some goals in the damn net. And, and pray that the balance of the rest of the lines that's, doesn't completely fall off thing. the tracks. So I don't necessarily think Nelson going to the wing on the top line means it, that Patrick, uh, sorry, that Lou Lamarillo is, is shifting his focus to maybe a center mm-hmm. because, because they will need another center. I ultimately think that Brock Nelson lands back in that second pivot spot, whether that's before this year is over or, or next year. I think this is more just we need wins, we need points. Let's see if these guys can just dominate. You know, because look, it's a great line to put together. I, I love the fact that they're going to give it a shot. Reese's. But I mean, you got to see if they can score some goals and then and then keep them out of the net on the other end of that. So that's where I'm at with that. Yeah, it's a good way to end it. So that'll do it for questions brewing, and that'll do it for the show. Cue the music. So I want to send a big thanks to Kobe Cohen for joining us here tonight. Great stuff from him. And, of course, want to send a big thanks to our wonderful sponsors, starting with Blue Line Deli and Bagels, located at 719 West Jericho Turnpike in Huntington and 217 Carlton Avenue in East Islip. Check out the menu and order online at bluelinedeli.com. Also want to send a big thanks to Main Street Board Game Cafe, located at 307 Main Street in Huntington Village. Find out how to unplug your game at mainstboardgamecafe.com. And also a huge thanks to Razor and Kniff Attorneys at Law. Nobody likes going to court, but hey, if you have to, call 516-742-7600 for a free consultation. And want to send a big thanks to A1 VIP Entertainment, your one-stop entertainment concierge for sports, concerts, Broadway, and more. One call does it all at 516-787-0048. And remember, folks, if you dig what we're doing here, please rate, review, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your family, tell your acquaintances, tell your coworkers, tell everybody about Hockey Night in New York. And Stefan Rosner, where can we find you on the Internet? Yes, on Twitter at Stefan underscore Rosner, S-T-E-F-E-N underscore Rosner, the Hockey News Islanders, Rangers, and NHL.com. Hockey News, Islanders, and Rangers. Islanders How's that Rangers mostly? get going for you? Buddy? It's good. It's more quick stories, behind the scenes helping out. It's been great. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Well, you can follow myself at Shoney Hockey. You can follow the show at Hockey Night NY on all your social media platforms. Uh, what else we got? Oh, yes, the St. Patrick's Day viewing party. Uh, that will be March 17th. Islanders, Rangers matinee. Hopefully it's more than just for bragging rights between the Islanders and Rangers. But uh, either way, 1 o'clock puck drop. We will have a show at 12 p.m. Mr. Michael Carver, you might know from the ILC podcast, will be my guest co-host. And the boys from Rangers, Ed, will be coming in to talk New York Rangers. Getting real close with those frenemies over there at Rangers Ed Podcast. 
You are, and then you're ratting on me for uh, covering the rags. I guess that's true. I guess that's partially true. Yeah, right? Uh, fair point to you. All right, folks, so with that out of the way, I want to say thank you so much once again for tuning in here. For Stefan, for Jake the Snake, for Ed, for Jay, I've been Sean Cuthbert. We've been Hockey Night in New York. We will see y'all next week.